0: Volumes, a podcast all about children and young people's books and literature. Joining me today to discuss poetry for children are Connor Allen, the current children's laureate in Wales, and Hannah Nissa, Wales's current national poet. Thank you both so much for joining me. Now then, I'm going to have a nice, gentle question to ease us into our chat. Have you always enjoyed poetry, Connor? Oh,
1: yeah. Um, not I don't, well, that's a hard one for me because I, I, I guess I never really grew up with traditional poetry so i never really read but i was always a big lover of like grime music and rap i'm not saying that's poetry but these these elements within that i always had like that love of words and wordplay and lyricism and i guess yeah the older i've got now i recognize that that is these poetic elements within that so i i guess so deep down yeah there's been a love of poetry but it was never the traditional like Shakespearean sonnets sort or of Tennessee Williams. You know, it was just yeah a more modernized version of that. Nice.
2: so what about you, Hannah? Uh, yeah, it's um, it's weird because I similar in some ways similar to Connor. I never um really thought about it as a specific genre. It was just I liked how it sounded, um, and from a young age, I turned to poetry books rather than, like, fiction. I still have a notebook where I just wrote loads and loads and loads of really bad dragon poems. Um, so it it just seems to have been a space that I found quite comfortable from an early age.
0: Do you ever use your early poetry to say to young people in workshops or young people who you come across?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think... It's, I as I said, you know, I, I keep all my old notebooks and maybe I don't think that the the form of it is very good now. But there's still that sort of like kernel of an idea. And, you know, sometimes it's just a good way to see how I was feeling at the time. Even I, I want to still connect with ha- with how I felt, you know, during those sort of formative years. Connor, you said about grind music and lyrics
0: and is that something that you share with the young people you meet to work with that, you know, poetry is everywhere if you notice it in a way?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think one of the biggest things for me was trying to make young people and children understand that, you know, poetry can be anything that you want it to be. It could be two sentences, it could be two paragraphs, it could rhyme, it doesn't have to rhyme. It's just... I always feel poetry is just a creative expression of how you feel about the world and your place within it at this given time. So, for me, I've like, I crafted a workshop blueprint I'm able to take into schools to just demystify poetry. So, they do a whole exercise with a list poem about themselves, you know, their favorite toy, their favorite smell, their favorite place, their favorite person. And, and we make a whole poem and we construct it. And by the end of this exercise, they're like, okay. Once you fill in like the last column of the three columns, they're like, oh my God, this is a poem, you know? Because then they start understanding, oh, oh, poetry doesn't have to rhyme. Because as soon as I go in and I ask them like, what's a poet first? Because I'm, I'm a poet. Like somebody writes poetry. I'm like, okay, what's poetry? And they're always like, some of the rhymes every single time has to rhyme. So by the end of that, we get it to the point that it doesn't have to rhyme. And then we do a QA and a and then I like, talk more about like grime and rap. And it is, it's lovely, but I think... A lot of my love of grime and rap is in my poetry when I write now. And I think it's like, you know, a homage to, to, to those early years.
0: Your list poems then, mm. would it be a massive spoiler for upcoming school visits if I asked? What, what are what what things are listed?
1: We, we, I basically just get the, the children to split their page into three columns. We number them one, two and three. We start off in column two. You write down their favorite season, favorite season first, then their favorite place, then their favorite smell,
0: then their favorite
1: toy, and then their favorite person. So it's five things. That's in column two. Then in column three, they will write down why, you know, like for each one, why their favorite season is their favorite season. So if you're up summer, why is summer your favorite season? Could be one word, one sentence. Write it down. Favorite place, favorite smell. What does it remind you of? How do you feel when you f- smell your favorite smell? Uh, your favourite toy, nostalgia, what does it bring you, and your favourite person. And then in the first column, them. um, so we go two, three, one, and then they write, I am, five empty boxes, and you write, I am, in each box. Ah. From that, then you have the whole basis of, I am summer, sunshine on my face, I am Newport home, I am lacoste red perfume, my first love, I am my grandma's teddy, love. I am my mum because she looks after me, you know? So you have this whole poem then about like you and what you bring to the world. So that then forms the basis of empowerment, you know, because I'm empowering the children to look at them because they're miracles, you know? And that's my message for each kid.
3: That is so lovely. This is why he's the children's laureate uh, because that's just such a lovely way to break down the process of writing a poem. And so I think a lot of the time, like Connor said, people have this preconceived idea of what poetry is, and it's something that a lot of people get intimidated by. I'm one of them. To literally break it down into columns like that. I, I might nick that, Connor. It's such a good idea. I,
1: I can't even take credit for that, right? That it, That's Christina Thatcher. Shout it, Christina. Um, she's one of the lecturers at Cardiff Uni oh. um, on English Lit, and I... Sh- I did an exercise with her. We, we kind of stole each other, like we stole some ideas off each other. But yeah, I I was like, that's insane. I was like, that's that's so simple, but so effective. So when I was appointed laureate, you know, I I took I took some time and I worked with Christina and we come up with a whole br- blueprint of like, what do I want to achieve? How can we do it? And, and I took that uh, idea and we, yeah, we, we changed it up a bit. But I think, yeah, no, please take it because I'm like, I'm always like at is and should be open source. So so we should be, you know, take ideas and use them because you'll make them your own.
3: Oh Well, shout out to Christina. She's a fantastic poet.
1: She's incredible.
3: Hanan, you've
0: just touched on a question that I was going to ask you about um, people's perception of poetry and does it maybe have a bit of an image problem? Could you expand on what you started, please?
3: Like what of said at the very beginning about traditional poetry, you know, when you mentioned like Uh, Shakespeare and you know there's this very sort of set in stone idea of what a traditional poem is that it's funny because people have been messing with the form of poetry since they've been writing poetry and I think yeah there's almost become a a bit of a snobbery uh, in in poetry in that um, it's seen as something that is very sort of highbrow and and the more abstract and the more difficult it is to understand the the better it is as a poem and and so that I feel has has led to a lot of people who perhaps don't read regularly or you know wouldn't go into a shop and pick up a, a book of poems to feel like oh that's not for me that's not for me and um one of the things that I feel quite passionate about is turning that around and saying, actually, it is for you, it's for us all. And particularly in Wales, you know, so my family are from South Wales. And um, there's always been a very strong working class tradition of people just getting up and and reading poems. And um, so I think we need to get back to that, to this idea that poetry is for everybody. You've just made me think now about rhyming
0: picture books. And how they are, they are poems, you know, that's what they are, but they're presented as a story. So do you think the way a poem is presented influences how people perceive it? And
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I, I bought two packs, The Rose That Grew From Concrete, and it's all his poems, basically, that he wrote when he was like 19. And... Within that, they've published it, but they've scanned all the original kind of poems that he wrote on paper. And then they've translated it on the opposite page. So each time you, like every page, it will be a double spread and you can see the one that he actually wrote and then it's translated because obviously some scribbles are on there. He might say like, I see you, but it'll be like I, the letter C and the letter U, you know? One of the lines of things like, my heart bleeds for you. But instead of four, he's just got the, 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 the number four. And I love that. In the sense of like he makes that his own. And and that's what I mean. It's like when you read poetry like that, you understand poetry can be anything. It doesn't have to be, oh, but you can't spell it like that. And that I think going off what Hannah was getting at is like we, there's this set format of like this traditionalized poetry that, oh no, it needs to be very eloquent. It needs to have fancy words. It needs to be spelt correctly. And it's like, again, why can't it just be a creative expression? And I think that's why I love Caleb Femi's Poor so much. Because, like, within that whole collection, it's not your traditional kind of, like, oh, we got rhyming couplers. You know, he breaks down that form so lovely. And it's, it's just heartbreakingly beautiful, you know. So, like, Shakespeare, for example, is intimidating anyway. So, pick up a Shakespearean sonnet or Tennessee Williams. Yeah, you know, it can be tough. It can be hard. To kind of, I think, get that. So, yeah, I'm very much of the opinion sometimes that let's break down those forms in in the same way that was on about, you know, how do we how do we demystify that sense of elitism? I guess
0: big question, possibly. Um, and I'll ask you first, Hanan. Do you did you have a light bulb moment when you thought that you really could be a poet?
3: So <laughs> the it, the answer to that is yes and no. Uh, so. I never uh saw a problem with calling myself a poet, um because, like I said to you, from a young age, I was writing poems, um first dragon poems, then a lot of very sort of like emo poems about how you know bad my life was and depressed I am, and you know just very sort of like dark teenage <laughs> um so in that sense, I always saw myself or or felt like I always was a poet um but then professionally, that was where I had a light bulb moment. Um, I studied English literature at uni. Um, and like I said, poetry has always been in my life. Never occurred to me that it could actually be a career. Um, and so, you know, I've had lots of different jobs in the third sector and different charities and things like that. Um, and yeah, so it's only been, what, five years that I decided to take the leap and and do this, you know, this poetry malarkey full-time? So the answer, I suppose, is yes and no, a bit. Brilliant. And how about you, Connor?
1: I guess quite similar. Like, uh, for me, it was only, about like, i say four years ago that I really started properly writing poetry and stuff. So, yeah, I think having the, the, this kind of title of, of laureate, yeah, you know, that because i didn't really know what a laureate was to begin with so for me i was just like okay and then understanding the 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 depth of of that role in that title i think was yeah more so a light bulb of being like oh okay like i can do this you know and i can yeah i can send a message around and across and i guess also not so much a poet but Last month, a local school in Newport chose me for an inspirational person for Black History Month, and that was a bit, yeah, you know, so I guess like if I wasn't the laureate, I don't really think I would have had that, so I think that was a light bulb for me of being like, "Oh, like I'm, um, yeah, I am a poet, and I am the laureate, and yeah, so taken me a year mm-hmm. in to get that, but yeah, you know, I got there in the end,
0: that's amazing. What's your favorite thing about introducing poetry to children and young people?
1: Understanding or them understanding that poetry can be anything. So there's there's always a kind of a gasp and an excitement when they write those I ams down that column and then they realise they just wrote a poem. They read them all out loud in front of each other and, and they share them with one another, you know, and, and it's, it's something really beautiful about that. That it's not because again, it's like it's not just writing skills it's communication it's confidence building it's speaking out loud like there's so many skills that like we that are everyday skills that we just enhance through poetry and through reading and that excitement of being like i've written something and this person is meaningful like i can never replicate that feeling it's beautiful
2: definitely how about you hanan Similar to Connor, um, what I love about sharing poetry with young people and children is because it was always something that I used to make sense of the world. It was somewhere that I, I went, I retreated to, to kind of clarify my feelings um, about what was going on and to be able to share this tool, I guess, to help young people just really make sense of their own frustrations about what's happening in the world. Like recently I went to my son's primary school, did uh, a week of learning about poetry and the history of the transatlantic slave trade and Britain's involvement in that. And yeah, and it was obviously quite a heavy topic. You know, my son was coming home telling me really in-depth things about what they would do to slaves to sort of um, make them look nicer for the auction and, and awful things, you know. And so, and, and so they invited me in to do some poetry with the children. And then they went away and spent the week just, you know, researching and writing their own poems. And then I went back in and they just made these incredible, they were performances. They weren't just poetry readings because they had like movement in them. And um, to learn that this huge thing happened in the history of our world, it, it must be so daunting, but the fact that they were able to use poetry to process their own feelings and their own relationship to that event. Yeah, that's I think that's quite magical to like Connor has done, like give children the tools to help them understand how they feel in this crazy world. Oh, poetry really is amazing, isn't it?
1: And that's why Hanan is the greatest national poet that we have to articulate not only the way that I guess young people are feeling, but the way it's universal, you know, the way that many, many people in this current world and this current climate are feeling. And what better ambassador to have leading Wales, you know, on a poetry stage than Hannah when she elocutes stuff like that, you know?
0: Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) Now then I have another big question for you. In recent years, the Tears and Org Award judges have said that they'd like to see more poetry books being submitted for the award. So the award, particularly in the English language category, the books need to have an authentic Welsh dimension that could be in place or in anything. If it feels and reads Welsh, you're in, basically. Um, So do you see their point and do you agree that we need more poetry books for young people and children with an authentic Welsh dimension to them? Uh,
1: Conor, I'll start with you. Uh, I do agree, but I would also then question what what do they mean by Welsh? Because, you know, like I, I always fight back against this because I'm like, well, I'm, I'm half Welsh, I'm half Jamaican, but I, I grew up here. I've lived Newport all my life. So if I'm writing about my experiences, which a lot of my poetry is, how is that not? a Welsh narrative? How is that not a Welsh story when it's coming from a kid from a Newport council estate, which is in Wales, you know? So I think we do 100% need a lot more Welsh, a lot more poetry books because they're a form of expression and a lot of people can find comfort within the pages of poetry, within certain poems. They can find themselves in the same way that you can when I read Harry Potter for the first time and I found comfort in this kid that just didn't fit in and he went to this magical world of hogwarts and he found his family you know he found his tribe that he fitted in with all these wizards and witches so as a mixed race kid growing up feeling like i didn't fit in reading harry potter i had that sense of comfort and knowing that wow you know there is a place out there for me in the world and i guess poetry can do that and there's something beautiful about that that you could have a whole book of you know beautiful poems one poem might resonate with someone in a way that a different one does so that's why i think poetry books are so crucial because you can pick them up now you can pick them up in 10 years time and there might be a different poem reads to you differently because you're at a different stage in your life and so i definitely think it's crucial that we have poetry books within that category but i would just fight back against what they mean by more welsh
2: uh what about you hannah yeah, I mean, of course, I would say we need more poetry books. We need more poetry books for everybody. Um, but Connor makes a, a really good point um, about the, I think, the the sort of narrow lens that we've viewed Welshness for for quite a while. And I think there has been uh, quite an interesting development um, in the Welsh creative scene across the board. In of re examining what Welshness means, what Welshness is, who gets to describe themselves as Welsh. And as we know, representation is so crucial and even more so potentially with children's literature. And we've seen, you know, across the board, uh, this upsurge of books that are providing a narrative, providing an experience of children that haven't up till now seen themselves you know, um, you know, myself growing up, I don't remember ever coming across a children's book about a mixed race character till I was in my A-levels. So, and I, I read so much. So, you know, like finding a book, and I mean, they weren't even the same mixed race as me, you know, they were like part, part Phoenix or something, you know, it was a fantasy novel. But just having a character that looked a little bit different was a little bit, Darker in some ways, you know. Um, it, it was it was magical, and so I and and in particular with the Welsh dynamic, I think that we have a huge opportunity to really kind of expand these boundaries of what Welshness is, what Welshness looks like to children, and it's something that I am actually working on with Firefly Press. We're working on a collection. Connor knows about it because Connor will be involved as well. You, you know, I'm trying to gather uh, a wide cross-section of exciting poets, Welsh poets to be involved in this to, to address the, the concerns that you, you've raised. I'm really looking forward to that collection.
1: Going off what Hanan just said, you know, some people, some people think great ideas, some people will dream great ideas and some people just act on those great ideas. And I think, again, like that's always credit to Hanan And why she's the perfect national poet because she she thinks, but she just acts. We don't need to be sat in a room talking about, oh, maybe we could do this, maybe we could do that. We know there's a whole lack of representation within Wales, and she's actively out there trying to combat that, you know?
0: Oh my goodness, I really enjoyed talking to you. I feel like I've learned so much and that I might give poetry another go because I read it a lot of poetry when I was younger. You know, I found them poems accessible and funny and easy to read and kind of grew out of them a bit as school got in the way and poems got more serious but you've inspired me to give them another go so thank you very much for that. Connor, Hannah, thank you both so much for joining me and I hope everybody goes out as like me and gives poetry another go.